This episode of the Round 6 Podcast is brought to you by Trailer Tug, the world's strongest trailer dolly. Learn more at TrailerTug.com. It's the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories. Hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stubsky, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. On episode 72, we talked to illustrator, designer, wheel manufacturer, Jason Rushforth. Talk about his recent trip to Saudi Arabia to the auto salon and uh, his connections that he made there. Talk about illustration, design work, uh, what it took to uh, put his own wheels out. We kind of cover a little bit of everything. So check it out. Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Brad. I'm Alex. And I'm Jason. There you go, man. Joining us tonight is Jason Rushforth. Famous artist, designer, uh, wheel magnate, um, magnate, deep cable color commentator, uh, all, all the other great stuff that we talked about uh, prior to the show that we can never let you know about, dear listener. It's <laughs> not you, it's the, us. Uh, the uh, one of the Instagram models call that when they have their private page. Oh, oh, it's like, what is it? Isn't it one of those, like, oh, it's like members only, isn't it? Oh, no, that's a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I wonder if you get the jacket. The, the, the unedited content, you know, when you, when you pay for a subscription. Oh, like your Patreon page. Yes, our Patreon page. There you are. Yeah, yeah you if you join our Patreon stuff page. On Patreon. Yeah, with, with the so other. Way funnier if I had remembered the name. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it either. Okay. No, I, you want me? Do you want me to edit it, and I'll throw in? We'll throw in applause. That, no, but it'll be cool. So, well, the, 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 this is going real professional. Uh, for our patrons out there, you're getting exactly what you pay for. Um, you That's step right. it up to the next level. <laughs> the, that tier get the really good quality content. Um, but uh, anyway, join us, man. It has been like way too long that you've been on the list to get you here. And I can't say thanks enough for joining us, man. Thanks for uh, thanks, thanks for, for bringing me, dude. Dude, you must have run out of people, right? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, you and I have kind of talked about this, and hell, well, the, the problem with you and I talking about anything is that the conversation is like, okay, I need you for like five minutes, and then three and a half hours later, we're gone. Okay, yeah. There was a thing I got to call you back on that I forgot to ask you. Yeah, hit about fifty different subjects. Of course, but and then they're yeah. always good. We should we should have just recorded all of those and spliced those together. Yeah, if they had invented podcasts back then, man, we, uh, we'd have been so far ahead of the curve. <laughs> we'd be the Adam Carolla of Hot Rod Podcast. Oh wow, wow! It, it, it's a callback. Wow. Within anyway, uh, so dude. What the heck is new in your world? Uh, well, aside from you being a globe trotting, you know, uh, ambassador to the hot yeah. <laughs> yes, that's an ambassador. I I didn't get to ride the celebrity plane with uh, Chip and Jimmy Shine, but uh, yeah, just got <laughs> back from Saudi Arabia, and 
that was a really, really great experience. And it was really something else. They, uh, they have a, a cool car scene going on there. And the, the effort to put that show together in six months was nuts. It, so it was, it was that still coming together. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we sat down with one of the planners during breakfast and he said the plan for this came together and, and he was hired like on June 7th. Oh, jeez! What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a whirlwind. And when we got there on Wednesday, the, the last day of setup, they were going absolutely bananas. There was an army of people doing everything. There was crates, like, like you imagine a, a really nice shipping container, like, uh, like the leg lamp and Christmas story, you know, with the, <laughs> the plywood and the bracing and everything. Imagine 40 of those lined up full of supercars and guys just ripping around in forklifts and there's standing water everywhere because they got a year's worth of rain the weekend before the show started. And there's guys welding with sunglasses and another guy holding his sunglasses <laughs> over the, the actual torch. Jeez. Oh, guys walking around on top of the tent, you know, with no rigging or safety equipment. It, it was mayhem. And they got it together. I, I'm certain hundreds of them stayed all night long. And they got it all together and there was some bumps, but I mean, they put this thing together in six months and imported 450 cars from around the world. It was really wild. That's like, I mean, we, we were, okay, we, we had talked about this before on the podcast where like walking around the SEMA show Sunday is crazy because it's really bare bones. But then when you're there Monday and you're thinking, how are they ever going to pull all this together? It's got to be that same thing yeah. where you're like, yep. there's no way. Oh, it's, yeah. It, Just like that, but with, with no teamsters or uh, safety regulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have one of those, you know, zero days without an accident signs. <laughs> Not a single one. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, it, it was uh, it was fun though. We yeah. uh, that one of the highlights was going to their local cars and coffee. It was so cool, and the people were so nice and so stoked to see us, and just stoked to have Americans there as guests. There was a bunch of LS swap stuff. There was a lot of. Uh, a lot of American stuff. There was a Mustang club and we we're nervous for our lives, but uh, nobody <laughs> crashed. <laughs> they, they're, uh, they're poor rev limiters though. The, uh, the Mustang club really, really celebrated their rev limiters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I would love to like, what if you lived in a socialist country and like the name of your car club was the rev limiters. <sighs> I I, uh, I should have run that by these guys. 
<laughs> Some great inside jokes. Just start feeding them all these car names just to yeah. see what the jackets look like next year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was neat. Yeah, I'd spent a lot of time in the Middle East as a military contractor working for a defense uh, co- corporation. And I always ask everybody that's been over there for the first time, what was the one thing that shocked you and surprised you when you got off the plane? Was there one thing that's, that's like, question. holy crap, I didn't expect this? Or this is, you know, I was shocked by what I saw. You know, for me, you know, I, I was shocked at uh, how westernized a lot of these places are in the way yeah. uh, uh, accessibility and a lot of other things that we see here. We just assume that, oh, they don't have this over there, and they do. Yeah, that was a big thing. You know, all the, the western things from restaurants to cars. The driving was pretty scary. Yeah. The the worst I've ever seen. It's the craziest driving I've ever been around. But, you know, I had a rental car over there when I was there, and I was over over there for extended periods of time. And after a while, you kind of get into it. After a while, it's like, you know, we come home from work, and the freeway that we would drive on, it had cops on it, but I think they were asleep most of the time. And we would come home from work, and we would draft each other like NASCAR. We'd be probably doing... Oh, 140. We'd be about eight inches off each other's Jeez. bumpers, three in a row on the left <laughs> left lane, just wow. And it was always so great if you were the front guy or the back guy. The guy in the middle is freaking out. So <laughs> you never wanted to be the middle guy. <laughs> and Jesus, take the wheel. Stick the wheel. <laughs> you know, you'd be blazing yeah. along at the light speed, and then in the right lane, there's a guy with a fake Toyota pickup truck from some company in India called Deer, and he'd have a camel in the back of his truck. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's doing like yeah, we 8, did 18 on the freeway. You're stuff. doing 118. A lot of horn honking yeah, over I, there. They didn't honk too much, and it, and it was rarely in anger. It was more of a, hey, I'm splitting this lane. Heads up. Get in <laughs> <laughs> and they they drive cars the way motorcyclists in California ride motorcycles. They they split lanes in cars. It was it was wild. <laughs> or like how you ride your bicycle somewhere, so it's up the sidewalk, down here, over over the curb. Boo, boo, boo. That's kind of how they drive their cars. Yeah. You know? yeah, we saw people driving on the shoulder. Yeah, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> My favorite trick is if if there's a bunch of traffic coming up to a traffic light, but the turn lane has got nobody in it, somebody will blaze all the way over to the turn lane. He has no intention of turning. He's first now. He's first at the traffic light. So when when the light goes off, he's like on the gas to get in front of everybody that's been waiting. Oh, it's a... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's wild. We had people, you know, wanting to take this, off ramp on the the far right and they were in the far left lane and they would just blast across three four <laughs> lanes and just shoot the gap you know never lift nobody else would lift nobody would even honk yeah. hey on, on over there did you notice that people would actually like pick up people on the freeway like like you know you'd see somebody walking down a regular street you pull over you pick them up they do that on the freeway There'll be guys out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a guy just standing out there. He's waiting for his ride on the freeway. It's like, bro, no, I never saw that dude. one. Oh yeah, 
What what country were you in, Brad? UAE. I was in the UAE when I was uh, did all okay. my like. That's, that's Alex. Alex yeah. was the one over yeah. there. Yeah. So oh, okay. Sorry. It was crazy. It was a good time. Yeah, Brad's not allowed over there. I am not. No, allowed. no, no. no. Do you can't be within uh, you know one mile of a camel. That's right. The whole <laughs> animal well, husbandry it's long, thing. It's a long story. It's not worth going into. So like how, how yeah, did you, it was, it was did you have a handler experience. or anything? Or did they just no. kind of you could oh. come and go anywhere you wanted. Dude. The the tourism there is so new that we really had no idea what to expect or what we could do or where we'd be allowed to go or you know, if we would just be shuttled from the hotel to the show and back, and it was a free for all. We could do anything we wanted and go anywhere we wanted. I remember it's a little intimidating at first because you don't want to break any of their rules. You want to be respectful over the yeah. country, and so you're yeah, always totally. very cautious and very careful. And it's a good thing, you know, because I don't want to be that yeah. guy that goes over there and disrespects something. That's not cool, you know. You don't want yeah. that, people to do that in your own country. So. I was always very careful about, you know, how you looked at something, how you approached something, how you did things. And it's yeah, um, the, the people were incredibly nice and mm -hmm. super welcoming. And to your comment about just really towing the line and being on your best behavior and trying to obey all the, the customs and things yeah. in the airport, 30 minutes after getting off the plane, they had a bunch of people there to guide us to our hotels and the shuttle buses and make sure we got all our stuff and our assignments. And one of them was a woman in a full hijab with the, just the slit for her eyes. And she didn't even speak English. And she asked one of the guys that she worked with who did speak English, if she could get a selfie with me. Wow. Yeah, this is awesome. And no problem. Dude. I need to get one of you. So <laughs> it was, it was a cool, like, Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. We, we have this this weird yeah. delay. It's a, I, I was just going to make the stupid comment that I wonder if at home she has a set of your wheels, but they're covered up with moon discs. Oh. Um, oh, brilliant. Oh. Brilliant. That, I'm, oh, thank man. you very much. I'm done. I'll be, oh, I'll be here through uh, next Thursday. Out on a <laughs> don't, don't eat the veal. Tip your waiters. <laughs> But I was going to say at the uh, Cars and Coffee, some guys with brand new 911s, a, a GT2 RS and a GT3 Touring, offered to take us out in the desert next weekend and run them out to 200. But we were leaving too soon. Oh, like, oh man. Yes, please. But that might be how you wind up on the news, too. Yeah. Or wind, or wind up a grease spot. We're waiting for a ride on the side of the freeway. There you go. Ride. <laughs> <laughs> you go numerous ways. Yeah. yeah, many. So, so let me ask you. So, you guys, you guys were over there. I'm assuming at, as a group, uh, they were obviously, from what I saw online, everybody seemed very welcoming, uh, very much in tune with you know what you guys were there for. Yeah. Um, how how did it work? I, my, I guess my big question on this whole thing was, you know, was this like an ambassador type deal or were was there a lot of like, uh, I, I, how am I trying to put this? Like, was there a lot of business growth opportunity? Uh, there was the promise of it. And I'm sure, you know, there was some connections made. You know, they're trying to, you know, get some Western culture and, and commerce and tourism. So, 
they were wanting us to go over there to do business, but explaining renderings was tricky. They assumed they were portraits and not conceptual designs. And, that was uh, kind of my big question. Yeah. How do you, wow. Cause man, you got to play educator at that point. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. But most people spoke really good English so that there was very, very little language barrier. And everybody that apologized for their English, I would just tell, you know, your English is about a thousand times better than my Arabic, so don't feel right. bad. <laughs> <laughs> they they would laugh at that. So that was nice. Like, but, I barely uh, have a grasp of the numbering system at this point, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest opportunities that we found, and we kind of anticipated this going in, was networking with other Americans because – at SEMA, it's so big and you're just locked down and tied up and exhausted and there's a jillion people. Nobody really and, – and there's you know 100,000 hotel rooms in the city. You never see each other. You never really get to hang out with other Americans. But with this, we were all assigned to just four or five different hotels – and because of their customs there, the show didn't start till 4 p.m. And there was a uh, breakfast buffet every morning at each hotel. So hotel in Saudi Arabia, you go for breakfast, and it's just the entire aftermarket hot rod community sitting down for breakfast in Saudi Arabia. And everybody just pull up to whoever's table and hang out and you know catch up with your old friends and meet new friends and make new connections. So we did well with other Americans more so than with the Saudis, not to say that there was anything bad about working with the Saudis. It just, it didn't seem like an opportunity popped up for us. And that's not to say it didn't for others, but it was an incredible experience. And we made a lot of new connections with Americans in Saudi awesome. Arabia. So, yeah. Way yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. And you touched on a really good point, too. Uh, like, the SEMA show this year was, and I don't want to badmouth it, as I say, I think it was harder to network this year than it ever has been in the past. It was yeah. just, it was, it was an insurmountable crowd. And I, I was almost going to ask you to compare, you know, if you were at SEMA, were, were there more strollers and service animals in Saudi Arabia than there were? The Zero SEMA service show? animals. Crazy, Zero really. Zero service animals. Yes. So no, nobody had their comfort camel? It was open all ages. No <laughs> comfort camels. Camel. Oh. There, there, was a, uh, there was a camel and three or four falcons at the uh, the welcome party for the Americans, I saw which you was with a the, really cool deal. I saw you. I saw you posted a picture of yourself with the falcon, and I was so yeah. tempted in the episode art for this one. I was going to put an eye patch on you and reference that picture. It's not too late. <laughs> I can still do this. Is going to be fantastic. Like it was a horrifying, you know, incident. It's the only accident that happened the entire week. Jay lost his falcon left eye. Accident. No, how many people have got falcon ocular incident? But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're really into yeah, the falcons over there. That's 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 kind of their like, yeah, they, 
Yeah, and like for the rich folks, that's like their RC plane. You know, like we we have an yeah, RC club. They got a hunting dog or yeah. racehorse. Amazing yeah. birds, incredibly cool birds. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna move there, and I'm gonna buy like the entire starting offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons, and just like hang out there and be like, uh, oh, different Falcons. Sorry, my bad. Oh. <laughs> no, like 63 Falcons. Wah, wah. <laughs> Uh, we show, might cut that one out. Show up at the Falcon Club meeting in a car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wrong Falcon. <laughs> Imagine what a hit it would be, though. Yeah. We all have to get this car. Exactly. <laughs> They'll be like, we were just you talking know, about a guy it. who can draw a portrait of that. I'm like, crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any uh, Australian Ford Falcons there, but I saw the uh, Holden's. And the the Chevrolet counterparts to Holden's all over the place there. Well, that was going to be my next question. Did as far as like okay, obviously classic cars. Yeah, you're probably going to see those because those guys, you know, are bringing those things in. And I know there's there's always some money over there for that. But now, yeah. okay, let me ask you this though: as an outsider, I'm thinking it's all kind of new money and really rich dudes just picking up collections of cars. Is there like a contingent of um, just like average Joes bolting together cars at home? Yes, totally. Awesome. Uh, I think that kind of grassroots hot rod guy is more prevalent than the filthy rich car collector that you're envisioning. Oh, way cool. Uh, for instance, one of my favorite cars at the Cars and Coffee was – a early 80s two-door Caprice with an LS swap that had quite a few aftermarket parts on it and lowered on 18s. And he took the factory paint color and then masked it and two-toned, I want to say the bottom half black. And it was a car that you could do here, you know, for less than 10 grand, you know, if you were handy and resourceful. And he did it, and it was his pride and joy, and it probably hauled ass. And I love funky body styles, and I I like that body style a lot. Yeah. And I haven't seen any really done here. And you go to Saudi Arabia, and there's one dumped on an 18 with an LS motor. It was it was very inspiring, you know. It was super late model ish grassroots hot rodding that's so cool yeah and like those, those b yeah. bodies over here they only seem to have caught on for uh i mean aside from the, the rare the pro street car. Yeah, yeah they're they're either donks or lowriders and yeah man it's such a cool car was one got... of the, yeah there was the bent glass back window 78 on Craigslist here a couple summers ago, and I sent it to everybody I know. I was like, buy this, please. Buy this. I'll draw it for free. Just buy this. Buy this, please. <laughs> oh, you, are, you are so high. No. Uh, hard no. You should have sent it to I see. And, uh, that I would have picked up. That would have been the perfect time, too. Shit. It's so difficult for us yeah. out in California because all those kind of cars, we really can't do any engine work to them because we've got the stringent smog laws we got to deal with. I'd love to do something like that. You can't do a uh, 
the LS3 E-Rod motor? I guess you could, but unfortunately, you got to deal with some of the smog referees out here, and it just seems like they don't even read their own rule book. They're just like, nope, don't like it. Nope, oh, wow. not going to work. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Wow, yeah, you, you need to leave that state. We, we well, call this a lot. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. It's in the works. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just we're just raising our property values out here, so you guys can't afford to move here. Like, well, it's yeah, just the, the same as living out here. Like, it, yeah, unfortunately, what a shame. it's all the guys that before us that have already left that are doing that for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, <laughs> for us guys that are waiting around for a while, it's not good for us. <laughs> there, there used to be a uh, a parody comic of the. A picture of the border of, of Washington and Oregon, which is the Columbia River, and there was a big sign to the right, Californians keep right, and it was one of those ramps that was basically an evil Knievel jump into the river. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? I mean, like, here we are, we're on a hot rod podcast, and you know, Southern California basically being the birthplace thereof, and everybody who comes on hate you Californians. <laughs> uh, they even hate themselves. I was at the Orange County Good Guys show a few years ago. They couldn't break a thousand cars in Orange County. Well, maybe they're yeah. just trying to attract the wrong car. It, it's gotten so expensive to live here, they couldn't afford a Good Guys ticket. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, I, oh, you mean I got to spend $40 in gas to go across town? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, if this show ever hits it big, we could sponsor somebody. We could sponsor. You know, like, if you live in Orange County, we'll sponsor your admission to the show. Yeah. Yeah. So so they canceled the show. Oh. <laughs> they couldn't break a thousand cars. Man. I you get, okay, get you a so... bus pass to Del Mar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Del Mar good guys party bus. Yeah. Hey, there's potential here. This could be, maybe this is our new racket, guys. <laughs> Where you ride on the bus and you talk about the car you almost brought. <laughs> you should see what I have at home. I, well, okay. I had one just like it when I was your age. That <laughs> <laughs> was a Belvedere, not a Nova. It had a yeah. straight six, <laughs> not a, an LS7. <laughs> But it was and just like a four-door, exactly. not a coupe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like it. Other than that, it's always the best. Yeah, and it wasn't the real car; it was a postcard. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let, let's let's go back in time here then, uh, just a little bit to bring. If if you're listening to the show and you're not aware of who Jason is, um, go by golly, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. No, uh, you know, yeah. Well, hell, dude, you've been, you made your mark in this industry God, back in the 90s. You know, I think I that that's, made, gave me my first big break. Exactly. And that's, that's how I discovered you. I remember going, wow, man, this dude's out there drawing cars for a living. I was like, what the hell am I doing with my time? <laughs> and from that day forward, I've cursed you. Like every day, <laughs> it's all my fault. And he still asks himself, "What am I doing with? <laughs> yeah, what am I doing with my time?" Uh, now, now you got a uh, big radio show and a TV show. 
Yeah, look at that. Well, that, that's it's technically it's Brad's TV show. We all just share it. You know, it's 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 like when somebody brings that you know the birthday cake to work. We all get a little piece of it. <laughs> it's never the piece you want. I want the piece with a nice flower on it. I end up with like you know. <laughs> that's how you get diabetes. I end up with like either diabetes or the descender from the pea that looks like somebody drew a, you know, a phallus on the cake. (laughs) That's how you get a nickname like that at work. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, uh, I dove in head first. I got out of art school in the, uh, little downturn of 91 early 92 maybe and my uh my design school was a little behind the times on the uh software so i got a degree and a little experience in some out-of-date software in the middle of a recession and probably wanted a green kid with no uh, skills in the latest version of fill in the blank so started working at a uh, friend's body shop and he actually specialized in race cars and he kind of got me going and got me drawing customers' cars. And it kind of just snowballed from there, slowly snowballed, but snowballed nonetheless. And then uh, Kevin Lee discovered me and published me in Sport Truck and kind of made me a regular feature in Sport Truck. And I got fired from – actually, I didn't get fired technically. The company went under – in 99 in October was my last real job. And that gave me time and a uh, severance check to buy airfare and hotel to Vegas and go to SEMA for the first time ever in 99. And then, you know, the the doors that Kevin opened for me by being published kind of allowed me to introduce myself to people like Brett from Ride Tech. Back then it was Air Ride Technologies and other guys in the industry and just kept going. Dude, see, and that it's funny, man. This whole industry, I think a lot of us kind of started that same way. You just dive in and you hope for the best. And that yeah. first SEMA show gets locked into your brain. It's like that's always like oh, yeah. one of the pivot points. Crazy. I, I remember uh, Pirelli had a display, and it was right where the Ford booth is now because they only had that building and the, the one next door. And in their display, they had a 20-inch tire on display, and there was a, a big cardboard thing <laughs> inside the tire stretched all the way across you know, with red arrows pointing left and right, and it said 20 inches. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> It kind of makes you long for those days now when you see like yeah. the, yes. you know, it's, it's the gold plated, you know, unobtainium, you know, step lip, 48 inch rim. And you're like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I God, think about that. That really dates the whole thing, dude. Wow. You're like, there yeah. I was, there weren't even 20 inch wheels. They had the tires, but no wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was tiny compared to now, and I was still completely blown away. Uh, do you remember like when seventeens? 
I remember going, it was, it was just almost unfathomable. You were like 17 yeah. inch wheels. Where's it going to end? Yeah. <laughs> I answered that really quick. Cool. I, I was pounding on a friend to put 17 on his Fox body Mustang right when they came out and he was squeaking about the price of the, uh, the wheels and tires. He says, can I just run the 16s? They're so much cheaper. <laughs> no. No, the teens came stock on IROX 10 years ago. You've got to get the 17s. <laughs> Fine. Peer pressure oh. won again. <laughs> and it's messed up, like, but but it's trends like that that, like, basically allowed guys like you and I to have a career. You know, yeah. it was that yearly thing. It was like, well, can you draw my car, but with 18s? You're know, like, this guy yeah. is crazy. 19s, whoa. Do they make a tire for that? Uh, <laughs> people they still, still don't. ask me that weekly. No, they, they make everything in 19-inch, but oh, people weird. are uh, hesitant. 21s, that's the oddball, but 19s are everywhere <laughs> it's, now. It's 21. <laughs> when 20 it's 21 and enough. a half inch. Oh, it's it's a spare rim off of a Daihatsu. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty one, whatever it takes. <laughs> that's that's going to be the big one of the uh, the C ten crowd next year. Twenty one and a half oh, inch. Twenty one and a half by sevens. So they're going to look really good. <laughs> Conestoga. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that'll be the wheel, though. They're gonna find like, well, what's the weirdest looking hubcap we can pattern a wheel off of? Yeah. Well, now they just alienated that whole crowd. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, we two two weeks ago we were walking around one of those shows, and I was like the darling of the crowd. Now here I am, spitting all over a trend. I'm sorry. Blacklisted. Guys. I apologize. We're going to get down again. I will. Uh, I'll go the week without tucking my ears into my hat. But. Um, <laughs> Pull your socks down. Oh, <laughs> That's the whole other trend we could talk about too. Yeah, when did that become? Remember yeah. when like slouched socks were the thing, and then all of a sudden it's like now pull up to your kneecaps. Yeah, dude, that, that's got to come yeah. in handy because the older we get, you need those compression socks. So yeah. that's work out fine. <laughs> yeah, it's how yeah, to wear shorts right? and never that... get a sunburn. Like, hmm, okay, how, how can you do that? <laughs> I'm semi-casual. See my tan line? It's about an inch wide. Those socks would have come in handy on the plane ride to uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you don't don't want those clots. And the vein thrombosis was knocking on my door. See, did did anybody suffer that on the plane? Were there any strokes? No. No, there was not that I know of. Fantastic. Didn't hear anybody shout for a doctor. Or start asking but who's to, making uh, toast. To, to stave off the strokes, there was a prayer area, which I called the Praria on the plane. <laughs> and there was a video monitor of the plane's exact location on the the map yeah. with an arrow pointing back at Mecca. Yep, that's a big thing. Huge, wow. yeah. Very and cool. So that, that might have been the biggest cultural surprise, like, whoa. Yeah. Or into this. So was there like an area in the middle of the plane where there were no seats and it was just like, yeah, in, in the oh. back of the plane, 
Whoa. there was uh, about a seven or eight foot by 10 foot section with no seats and curtains. Dude. Wow. Well, the, see, again, this is going all over the place. I, this is why I love our show. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so speaking of prayers, uh, you're at your first SEMA show. And yeah. uh, you get done there, you, you finish checking out at your first hotel, at your first SEMA show, and you're trying to figure out how the hell you're going to pay for that trip. Uh, <laughs> where does your career go from there? I go home and just stare at the phone, praying for it to ring. Yeah. It's... And uh, it started ringing. You know, it just, it kept going with the uh, the exposure from Sport Truck that I got into other Peterson titles. That's how old I am. And I was in Peterson <laughs> publishing titles. As even yeah, the, in the, the actual Peterson publishing high rise on Wilshire Boulevard. Whoa. And, and, you know, as a lifetime reader of hot rod and car craft, it, it felt like hollowed ground, hallowed well, ground. That was our Mecca basically. I mean, to tie that all together. Absolutely. That, mm. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. It, it was it was really cool being in that building, you know, knowing the history of it. How cool would it be to do a, a TV show kind of like Mad Men that's based off of the early days of car magazines? <laughs> that would be cool. Yes. I'd watch that. Yeah. I just pitched that, by the way. That's intellectual property of Round 6 Productions. Um, <laughs> Trademarked by? <laughs> Trademarked by? Yeah, see. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll include great, great Baskerville of... going around condescending everybody. Yeah, I was trying to think of who could play uh, Baskerville. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Randy Quaid. Oh, nice. Holy I was God. thinking Jack Black, but I like Randy Quaid better. Randy Quaid, a <laughs> hell of a pull, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, somebody oh. like, like Tommy Lee Jones, somebody way more sarcastic that can just pull it off way flat. In a fat suit? In a fat suit. <laughs> Wearing flip-flops. In flip-flops, yep. My friend Chris Shelton, the uh, photographer to the stars, who also worked for Peterson Publishing forever, his dad owns Gray's 32 to this day. Whoa. We have met him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, very Super cool. Good guy. I, I just gonna... uh, kept going with the... Uh, the Peterson titles, they were always good to me. And then uh, I met Boyd right around that time, and he gave me a little break and let me come up with wheels and paint for the Led Zephyr. And I actually traded him some artwork on some other stuff for wheels for my car. And then uh, I, I did quite a few one-off wheels for customers with the help of Boyd. And every time I thought... Well, hell, you know, there's one set of wheels that Boyd made a tidy profit off of and made a few bucks off of, and there will never be another four. I should make wheels. And, you know, just kind of started sniffing around and reaching out to other people in the industry. And Bill Hancock threw me a bone and uh, gave me a uh, referral to the owner of U.S. Wheel and said, Jason's a good guy and I think he'd do good by you. And he gave me a line of credit on a handshake and started cutting my wheels. See, and that's that a cool deal. 2007. Yeah. Thanks. 
You were, and it's funny because I remember you and I, God, when you're first coming out with that line, and I was like, there's no freaking way. I was like, dude, I know, I know a dude who's got his own wheel line. And you were really one of the first, if not the first, to launch, you know, to be the designer who launched your own wheel line. You are a trailblazer. You dumb enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you did it. And that's a cool deal. And it's funny to run across your wheels like at a show and see them somewhere. And yeah. I always get that little sense of pride where I'm like, I know that dude, you know? And Thanks, it, man. It, no, it's, it's a really cool thing, you know? And to me, it's like, dude, and, you know, plus he's a nice guy. You know, it's not like I look at your wheels and go, oh, uh, yay. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the good part is you could tell one of your wheels. You don't look at it and go, is that a, is it, no, no, it's not a keystone. No, oh, that's one of that dude's wheels. You know, it, it's, Thanks. it's a really cool thing. And I wanted to really kind of pick your brain on that a bit, if you don't mind. I mean, if, if you mind, then just say it's all intellectual property, right? sir. But yeah. um, like, okay, your wheel line, the funny part with that is that's, A, it's your personality all over it. Because not only, okay, obviously it's got your name on it but and your designs but the names of the wheels were always great i remember at the very beginning nice. you were slipping me little little pictures like hey check this out and i'm like oh dude that's so cool I'm like and you start picking up the names you're like oh rated x okay oh i see where this is headed and you start to pick up you go wow there's a lot of kiss songs in here and just really cool references to that golden yeah. era of rock and roll about Three quarters of the names are uh, rock and roll songs. Exactly. And then well, Kat Von D came along and copied me. She named everything in her makeup line after rock songs. Yeah, and you see how that worked out. <laughs> I mean, I, got I, to I date Nikki Six for a minute. <laughs> well, that—that's where you messed up. You didn't date Nikki Six for a minute. Uh-huh. You could have. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. did. You... Hey, better <laughs> Nikki than Tommy Lee. Man. Brad still got the scars from all the cigarette burns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody ever yeah, dates Mick Mars, but yeah. God bless him. <laughs> the naming convention was great because it was so different. You know, you didn't just come uh, up thanks. with like, you know, five spoke. Wow. The rush for you know, rush forth five would be, although that's a really great thing. You could be like the Michael mm-hmm. Jackson of that. You could sell a polishing glove, dude. I just see your oh, polishing glove. Uh, that was good. Wow. Beat it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the first few, the first few wheels kind of named themselves like the rated X, which was a 10 spoke. X being the Roman numeral for right. 10 and then a couple others. And then metal songs have awesome names. How perfect would this be? And yeah. just started going through my catalog and just picking out ones that had a good ring to it. And not that many people get it, but when they do, they love it. And it just, it's, a total reflection of my personality and my background. You know, just a child at heart. I still race BMX. I still listen to metal. I still go to rock concerts and I draw cars. That's awesome. 
See, and that's like you could be a grown-up child in this, and I, dude, well, me and a couple other people I know over the years, it always used to be the big thing whenever we'd see one of your drawings or a car of yours, and we'd always choose the worst possible name from a song. You pull some like you know, oh, here's one of Jason's cars. It's on his making love out of nothing at all. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, that's awesome. Air supply is a tough a... wheel. <laughs> Air supply. I have a friend that, That's his uh, air ride that does the same thing. Oh, is that uh, Afternoon Delights on that uh, Chevelle? <laughs> no? No, it is not. Yeah. I suppose it, it, it's it's probably for the best that you weren't into like fantasy fiction, you know. Oh, over there, Jason's oh, got yeah. his magic swords, or you know, the elf stones, you know, anything <laughs> goofy like that would be. I uh, so okay, so the wheel thing when you launched that, that was kind of a cool deal because you you had kind of a really distinct advantage when specking out, you know. Uh, a rendering for a car that's kind of great you've you've got yeah. a captive audience which is spectacular yeah i mean look at all the the product we sell for other companies and that crossed my mind and it it's worked like a champ exactly. the, the customer wants us to help figure out everything and you gain their trust you know with a relationship designing and then oh yeah i, I definitely want your wheels on there and Which is nice. It snowballs. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, I'm grateful. There's a lot of them, but, though, that, yeah. you know, I, I try to lose their trust instantly. They're like, well, I, I asked you for a Suburban, and you drew a Pinto. It's a heavily modified Suburban. But if you notice... A two-box vehicle. It, it's on a set of whoop. There it is wheels oh um, no 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 okay we'll cut that out ideas yeah <laughs> <laughs> the tag teams you know anyway, take that those have to be dually wheels but um oh there you I go i don't know what that joke means but uh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, louise hey has we shouldn't. We should bring this up off the air and just say, has any band ever contacted you and gone, "Hey, um, you're in big trouble"? Or can we get a set of those or, wheels? They have not. They have not. But I, uh, I am available. Hell, great! I, I want to see a band contact you and go, "Look, we're writing a song. We need you to design a wheel around it." Especially if like it's a Kanye song, you know? Not. Interested. No. <laughs> Each wheel slightly different. Uh, uh, none of them good. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so now as as trends change though over the times, um, obviously you know you're in kind of a unique position where you've got a you've got a manufacturing kind of process going on for you to come up with a unique wheel. I, I think you have it a little bit easier than some of us do where we go, well, let's do this one off wheel. Now you've got to find a company to cut that wheel. 
And yeah. then you've got to work out all the deals around that where, okay, yeah, you guys get the, we get the first wheel, but at the SEMA show, you're going to release the rest of these into the wild. You know, I, I always found yeah. that just a little bit weird. That's a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. That was, that was a conversation I had with somebody before I started my brand and basically designed the rated X and did a one-off of it and asked what they thought, you know, can we strike up a deal? Like, and he said, that's just a radial 10 spoke who would buy it. And for 12 years straight, it's my biggest seller. <laughs> and that company now has a version of it as well. <laughs> of course. Nice. And well, that's, that's another big question. Like, okay, so you're, you're walking the SEMA show and you do see a lot of derivative stuff out there now. And it's only natural. Yeah. I mean, it's that way with anything and everything. Yeah. You know, it's funny. How do you, how do you approach that? I mean, have you run into a situation where you're walking into someone's booth and it's an exact rip of one of your wheels where you just kind of go, Hey, I know that wheel. No, but I, I've seen it in their catalogs. Oh. Um, it's, it's frustrating, but it's flattering. And I was kind of Johnny come lately to the, uh, the billet wheel business. So I, I'm sure the uh, the big boys, you know, got offended when I started, so I can't get too butt hurt when somebody does something I've done. And not that I've copied competitors' wheels, but you know, I, I jumped in their pool. Oh yeah, and, the, and, and, and I respect certain... most of those guys. But yeah, it's it's frustrating, but. Well, yeah, and it's hard to combat, too. I mean, you know, we're, we're yeah. in a situation where one guy, if you come up with a billet door handle, how many different variations of a billet door handle can there be? I actually designed a couple of C10 billet door handles that are pretty slick, I think. They'll be on the market soon. Nice. I, I kind of addressed some things I, I saw as shortcomings on some of the other aftermarket stuff. Very cool. So let me ask you, okay, as a designer then, do you have a favorite all-time door handle? And if you say shaved, that that's cheating. <laughs> I think shaved door handles are lazy. And Very nice. it, it creates a problem, you know? And yeah. a potential headache and a potential lockout situation. And yeah. you, know, you just added a bunch of time and money to make using your car, which is hopefully your goal, not just staring at it on a turntable at uh, the Autorama. You've made it more of a pain in the ass. I, I try to come up with clever solutions instead of easy solutions like that. I got to say the, uh, the classic GM door handle that they put on everything for like 25 years is a pretty damn nice door handle and yep. whenever i talk a client out of shaving those i tell them you know some young up-and-coming star rising star designer just toiled over that handle under the guidance of bill mitchell and harley earl so why would you shave it or buy a billet version of it not designed under the oversight of Harley Earl and Bill Mitchell. Yeah. Are, are you getting a better product? 
Yeah, think about how many of those do you really see break? No, they don't. And they work really, really well. Even when they're worn out, they still work very well. Yeah. They're little plastic and nylon clips. Super stylish. God, it's crazy. I I see a lot of attempts to do billet versions of it that change it. Yeah. But I haven't seen a great designer take a really hard run at it and make something that looks better. That's hard to do. Anything iconic like that, I think it presents its its own automatic challenges. And, you know, yeah. to springboard off of that, okay, you, you probably deal with it a lot too, as well as I do, where you're handed a car that is super iconic in someone's eyes. Like, in, it's funny when you get one of these projects and somebody comes to you and says, oh, 32 Ford, or they throw at you like, oh, it's a 55 Chevy two-door post. Any one of those kind of yeah. cars that people revere, and like, I really want to change it up. Do you have that total moment of panic when, like, you know, your 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 butt cheeks start playing hungry, hungry hippos with your your underwear, <laughs> and you're just like, you know, you're like, what am I gonna do? You know, because there's there's yeah. a fear of changing something like that, or do you just dive yeah. right in and just go, ah, screw the whole world and let's cut it up. A little bit of both because, you know, it's easy to, to play with on paper before ruining something. And I, I kind of love the challenge of diving into something, you know, just like you did with the Xbox 55. And that had to be scary at first, but, you know, you, yeah. Yeah, but... it's been done so many times, it kind of begs to be molested. <laughs> Like, <laughs> thank for the that's great way to put it. That's my story, Your Honor. <laughs> but, part of me's going. Part of me's going. He really gets where my head was at, and the other part of me's going. Well played, Mister Jason. Well played. It <laughs> <laughs> asked for it. <laughs> Yeah, it came to me. It wasn't wearing. It it, it already taken its skirts off. I um, and, and I agree. Yeah, that there was there was a couple changes on that car that were really. I mean, in some people's eyes, I think questionable. It's like it chopped the front of the roof oh, and then sure. angled the B pillar. Why not? Yeah, yeah. But but well, that's the angled B pillar is a Chevy design thing from ten years prior. Exactly, and that's where it was pulled from. And yeah. I, I just I, granted there are things in hindsight now that I wish had gotten done, but it it the car served its purpose, and yeah. it's just weird though to try to challenge that when everybody expects okay it's a fifty five two door post for instance that should look like Sullivan's cheese whiz car, you know oh, that's I, I think, a good car, and I think that's what people have in mind they go it has to look like this, uh, you know a certain thirty two coupe has to look like like maybe like a Dave Lane car. There's just you know people what have this blows imprint. me away, you know, and you just bringing up the uh, the cheese was fifty five. You know, so many cars get copied. I wish people would copy that car more because <laughs> there's a lot of forgettable fifty fives out there. I remember when Foos did the Grandmaster, and every other street rod the next year was Sage over Champagne. Oh, and none of them got it right, but they they tried hard. Nobody even tried to copy the cheese was 55. No, and, that's a funny thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you walk by how many 55s at every show. So, you know, it kind of, it begs you to change it up. Well, you know, and a good customer will come to somebody like you or me and, and say, I've walked by 355 Chevys in the last year. Help me come up with a 55 Chevy that people won't walk by. And that's fun. You know, it, it, it is a little scary because it's iconic and great, but it can be done. Oh, and there's still a ton of things you could do to any car. I mean, the 69 Camaros, every time you think everything that can be done to one has been done, somebody bumps that line up just a little bit further. Yeah. And that one that Gary Ragel did for the Ring Brothers is awesome and oh, totally groundbreaking. All kinds of crazy stuff that has never been done. And that's Although thing... I will say, I did side vents and uh, hood extractors on one 12 years ago that I'm super proud of. So it was cool to see those come back again. Right. The only two that I know of with side vents and uh, hood extractors. See how cool that is, dude. And isn't it funny to see like an idea that maybe you threw down on something earlier and it makes its way back and it's usually on a super high profile car. And I, yeah. I go through it where sometimes there's a little piece of me that like there's a voice in the back of my head that goes, well, now you've got to go and you got to post this someplace. And then the other party is like, <laughs> I'm just going to feel like a douche. You know, I'm like, oh, you bastard kids. I did this before you were, you know, you were jumping off the school bus and I was, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything in the grand sense, but for me, it's kind of cool yeah. to celebrate that, to go cool at some point, you know, I had thought of this and, you know, nine times out of 10, when I see it down the road, you go, well, this person did a really cool spin on it. Or, you know, they yeah. found a really cool way to finish this because we have so much better techniques now and materials. God, I, I never thought I'd be that guy going, look at the materials we have today. But yeah, dude, that's advanced in the past 20 years. Oh, yeah. It? Yeah, that hood and fender treatment is crazy on the, the Ring Brothers car. It's nuts. And that's, yeah. a, that's a bunch of guys that every time you think they've gone as far as they can go, you, you yeah. see that car, the cover comes off, and you're just like, seriously? What else is left? And meanwhile, they're like, well, wait till next year. But well, and they're the most unassuming guys, too. They're just total crack-up characters just toiling away in Wisconsin on just earth-shattering hot rods. And you'd never guess hanging out, talking to them, and thinking, you know, 10 years out of the box. Yeah. It's nuts. And it's funny, like... You mentioning, okay, you mentioning Ragel, that it, that's something that doesn't happen enough in the industry. I mean, amongst the designers and our little core group, it's funny because we look at a car and the first thing you talk about is who designed it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he had, he had his, he did this and he did that. Oh, you can tell if somebody did this. Or It's funny, like when the magazines come out, a lot of times that's just left out. It's like the car just magically yeah. assembled itself. Yeah, yeah, and the proportions are perfect, and the colors are just right. Yeah, because a lot of guys just cut up a car, and that's how it happens. You know, I, uh, gotta... my first hot rod cover car, they completely omitted my name from the entire feature. 
I know. Like <laughs> mine too. Over the moon and augering into the ground the same moment. My very first one, and all I saw was the car on the cover, and I went, I'm gonna buy like five copies of this. And I'm there, I check out, and I didn't even read it. I got home, and my heart went right into my toes. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's that feeling. I, uh, I legally put in to change my name to in-house designer. Uh, that's hmm. There you but, go. It's going to be my legal name from now on. Nice. I always like that one. Oh, who handled that? Our in-house designer. What? You're you're three thousand miles from where I live. So I, I usually send that shop my mortgage bill every month. You know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> technically, I'm in-house. But um, yeah. yeah, that that's something I think that really needs to be addressed. I I think it would make it a whole lot easier. I mean, I would love to see the next generation of guys coming up have that celebrated a little bit more yeah although now it's going to lead me into a small rant which i'm not going to waste your time this is your episode but i I would like to get your input on this just because you're here hey since you're here jay (laughs) um i'll I'll input on your rants like you and i kind of came up in this thing kind of having to do the same thing it was just hustle after hustle after hustle after hustle yeah and, you know, no sleep and constantly trying to keep up with, you know, that regimen of having to try to be in at least a magazine per month. And this is something I talked about on the TV show, too, where Doug talked about it, going to Grand National every year because otherwise people think you're out of business. Yeah. In our line, if you weren't in the magazines, people thought you went away. Yeah. You know, we didn't yeah, have we Facebook. Pick what, uh, they, they put in there. Yeah, we, we didn't have Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. And usually it was you and I where our logos would get taken off of the renderings and they'd put something over the top of it, like text <laughs> or some yeah. some graphic in the magazine that bled over from like, you know, the the wheel ad on the, the you know, the page facing it. And uh, my, my question for you, though, is, OK, we had to work at that a little bit harder. And I'm not trying to say, you know, oh, again, yeah. you know, yeah, we walked uphill both ways to school, no shoes. But, but it's today, true. we were in the, the shadow of Stanford and Tom Taylor and, and Foose, but, yeah. you know, pioneering the way for the regular guys that you know weren't even in art school yet. I always felt like, you know, in Monsters, Inc., when, uh, you know, what is it, that Mike Wazowski... And Sully, they drop off that magazine, you know, <laughs> and you see Sully Wazowski's covered up by the UPC. To me, <laughs> it was always like that being in a magazine where you got like this, like maybe a postage stamp size picture of a rendering you did for a car. But yeah. 18 pages past that, there's like the 53 page, you know, Steve Stanford spread. And you're just like, I'm in a magazine. And I'm the same magazine as Steve Stanford. Right. And you know that nobody saw that because they had their thumb in that corner of the page when they flipped it. But it was the greatest thing. And it's kind of funny nowadays where 
and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just saying I wish, God, I wish we had this to capitalize on. Maybe, maybe it's a whole jealousy thing. If we would have had access to things like Instagram or Facebook, where we could have oh, yeah. posted things like that every day, you know, you wonder how it would have changed out because. And not saying all of it's bad. There's a lot of super gifted guys out there who post stuff every day that just blows my socks off. Yeah. But then you come across one or two where you're like, how does this guy have 49,000 followers? And you're looking at it, you're like, you know, and there's times when you're going, well, that's just kind of a tracing off of, you know, I, I, I'm baffled by that because some of these guys seem to get this huge following and they think that that's what it's about. When yeah. in reality, what moves this whole thing forward isn't an Instagram presence or having a really cool YouTube channel. It, it's being out there and creating great design so that guys like the rings and, and other builders can put out really cool stuff that blows your socks off at the show. Yeah. Yeah. Truly having your design built is our biggest achievement for sure. Oh, definitely. And I, I think, though, I think a lot of it, I think some guys go after it where it's a numbers game versus a good design game. Yeah. And I think and I'd rather see uh, good bad design. design everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I I deal with it with this particular computer that I'm using to record this right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's been its the last leg for a year now or, or longer. I, I would really like to meet <laughs> whatever simian creature bang this thing together between a couple of rocks, but <laughs> um, uh, good on it. It keeps going. That's why. That's why I've stayed analog with pen and ink. Yeah, you don't run into that with markers, do you? You never have a marker that just like freezes halfway through, do you? No, they dry up, but then you just get another one. Yeah, you don't have to start over. You know, yeah, I would get locked up. I would, and you, you know, I'd like to have more computer skills, but I would have a lot more broken computers. Nah, I will. Uh, there we go. I'll. Uh, you know, we'll, we we should still work out a trade though. I'll come up with something where um, you teach me to have social skills, and I'll teach you some computer skills. It'll be fantastic. All right, we'll both go places. You know, I the first uh, person ever accused me of having social skills. Hey, <laughs> it, that that was number seven on the list of things to accomplish in this episode. Compliment Jason. No, I, I, uh, dude, but let, back to your career real quick. Let, let's, let's bring this full <laughs> arc here today. Okay. So starting off from, uh, kid who gets out of art school you take that first trip to the SEMA show you get your break life goes on here we are 20 plus years into the future what is happening right now in the world of Rushforth design still drawing cars every day got uh, a lot of really good customers a lot of good loyal repeat customers too and doing some cool projects we got a uh 67 Nova wagon going on for my friend Mike Keller at Big Creek Restorations in Kansas. Awesome. That's who I was in uh, Saudi Arabia with as well. And he designed or he built the 40 Chevy that I designed for him 
like five or six years ago that won America's Most Beautiful Street Rod at Pleasanton. Right on. The brown one. And Great car. Super cool. Yeah, thanks. Super cool guy. And he's our age, too. So we've always just gotten along great, and he trusts me with all his stuff, and really easy to work for, and always shares the love. And doing a uh, pretty crazy Grand National right now, kind of embracing the good guys new cutoff here with a uh, car that's loved, but never really been molested properly. Yeah, that that's another one of those iconic cars. Yeah, yeah. Now is it this was, is this Angelo's car or am I overstepping bounds it here? Is. It awesome, is. dude. Yeah. Way cool. See that that's yeah. one of your great loyal customers, man. Super cool deal. Yeah, he's he's so loyal and so cool. But yeah, I, I just still draw every day, and you know, trying to keep the wheel line fresh, and but not myself trying to make a 40-page catalog you know so I wrestle with that a little bit you know I think I've done a decent job at keeping the designs contemporary and not too busy but you know not a just a five-spoke ripoff of a torque thrust and that was kind of my whole motivation to start the wheel line like i saw the pro touring thing coming on strong and nobody in the hot rod industry really catering to it and i draw you know three-piece style like hre wheels and then the poor customer gets sticker shock when they called hre for the wheel i designed (laughs) i thought shit there's there's a void in the marketplace here and it's just, it's been working. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And like I was teasing about the door handles, um, few more products, not too crazy, but kind of almost like a lifestyle brand, but not quite. Right on. Well, yeah, not, yeah. and you don't want to be an alternative lifestyle, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, I'm just no with you, and and I think that's a smart move in this industry. I, I think it it really has taken a turn from being just cars to becoming a whole lifestyle encompassing, for lack of yeah. a better word, a monster. You know, guys our age and, and guys younger than us definitely don't want to wear some garish street rod show T-shirt with forty colors and a fifteen by fifteen kind of a 32 Ford on it and sure they do I kind of I younger than us I know I know there is a group that loves but, that uh, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yeah I bless them but uh, so I just that's kind of how I think and, and kind of my motivation um, not trying to be the biggest trying to just be different and cool you know, and, and be recognized for that. Right on. And you're hey, doing a good job, man. I mean... Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. That, that means a ton, especially coming from you. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how I figure in anything cool. I'm just. Hi, uh, you're you're one of the guys. I'm one of the dudes. See, it's all because I, I managed to... See, I planned my entire career by just hanging out with the right people to end up in photographs with them. <laughs> That's how I planned it. My whole thing is accidental fame. You know? You I knew there was a night in Vegas to fall into a van with the right person. And uh, You're welcome. That, that... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's... Dude, and, and here, here's the weird part about this industry, though. Like, okay, you and I, our conversations literally started with just a phone call. Yeah. And it was just that whole, hey, how's it going, man? Cool. Oh, cool. I saw you're doing this. And it, that was really cool. And I remember getting off the phone with you and going, dude, there's there's a guy I, I always admired whose work I dig. And, wow, we had some really cool stuff in common. And yeah. as you come up in this industry, you realize – Almost all of us have some thread that ties it together beyond just the cars. It's kind of like we're we're all yeah. in this for some, I don't say a higher purpose, but it's like we're drawn to this because we all have something similar underneath the car thing. And like like with you, you're one of those guys where you're proof that, okay, usually I think almost everybody we've ever talked to in the industry starts with BMX and then works yeah. into the cars. It's crazy. There's a lot of guys in the industry that are into BMX. There's a whole lot of them. Oh, yeah. It was so huge in the 80s that it was almost unavoidable, but it it definitely set a tone for me early on. And I'm doing it still today. In fact, it's like almost exactly 10 years this week since I got back into it, and it kind of took over my life. So how many bikes do you have I, now? I think six. <laughs> right on. Isn't that crazy? It's so like if two. you could go back in time and meet like 12-year-old you and go, I've got six of these bikes, you know, 12-year-old you would freak the hell out. Yeah. You know, yeah, hell, 12-year-old me would freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and like somebody else was saying on an earlier pod, you know, is your first thing you could customize. And, and I did, you know, I, and I, I would gravitate towards the brands with, you know, good branding and, and cool logos. And I, I always fixated on the way everything looked on the bike and everything about it. And then the same thing with skateboards, which was even more design centric, got into that and always just fixated on the graphics and, picked out the board based on the graphics and the, the branding and the brand recognition, you know, the, the brand I thought I aligned with things like that. And that's what I'm, I guess I'm creating now, you know, isn't that but funny? The BMX thing. It, it is just like crack cocaine. <laughs> it, it, it's like reliving your youth. It's and so it's much crazy. fun. God, you could still do that, and I, I envy you for that. My my body clapped out a while ago. My body was like, "No, you did enough of that junk in the past." Let's, uh... yeah, oh my God. I always wonder, uh, like you know, okay, so you start off in that. Like I said, you were drawn to stuff based on the design, which is how I always looked at it. I remember going through like yeah. BMX Plus, 
and you'd stop it and add like Skyway bikes. Whoever was setting up their demo bikes was brilliant in color theory. They knew how to yeah. present a bike. Yeah. God. And like today, I mean, if you go online, if you go, oh, wow, I'm finally to the point where I think I can afford a, uh, like a, a Haro Freestyler or I'm going to get my hands on like, you know, the Redline RL22A, right? Yeah. Those cost as much as a, a really decent used SUV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just I mean, nuts. A, uh, a buddy of mine purchased an NOS Haro Freestyler still in the box. And it's no just way. so, yeah, it's so crazy, the money. And he's got that, and then he's got a fully built one. And I always look at that, and I'm like, man, what did I do wrong in my life? Yeah. <laughs> you just, you imagine, you know? And like I remember, God, you know, I had built a bike, and I was all happy. And I remember when my dad sold that bike, and I had moved out. And he's like, oh, I had a garage uh-huh. sale. I sold your bike. I got 35 bucks for it. Stop by. I'll give it to you. That's and you're going, oh, I could, I could you probably sell. You were that for me, old man. Right. And, yeah. You just go, I could have probably sold one of those NOS mushroom grips for 35 bucks. Oh, it's, yeah. It's stupid crazy now. And But again, it's, it's that nostalgia thing and the bike side that I think works for yeah. us to provide us a career on the car side. So it's so weirdly intertwined. And... And I love it when you're at a show and you see a really wicked street rod pickup with a restored BMX bike or two in the bed. Yeah. And then you're torn. Which one do you look at? God, it's so weird. I need a mm-hmm. refract for my car. Hell yeah, you do. So now, okay, well, let's, let's touch on that. Real quick. This is a great question. Uh, you've had some cool cars over the years. You know, yeah. I mean, like, your Caprice, that uh, what, a moment of silence, you just got rid of that. Yeah, yeah, 19 years. Today yeah. is the first day of my entire lifetime. Me or an immediate family member has been without a Chevrolet. Came home from the hospital in a uh, El Camino. <sighs> and that's probably where it started. <laughs> and Oh, oh, you mean, you mean the, the car thing or... You, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you never know. I started and ended in an El Camino. What? <laughs> I always wonder if there's somebody out there who was conceived during like you know their their parents watching Stroker Ace at a drive-in. You know. Oh jeez. Greatest conception story of all time. Or deliverance. <laughs> Worst conception story of all time. <laughs> Yeah, that's from my half brother was conceived. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, did you see the Caprice after I painted it silver? No, that I did not. And it was just pure stealth. It looked so cool, and just clean and simple with uh, six spoke twenties on it. And you can fit two BMX bikes in the trunk of a Caprice. Jeez. Yeah. Or if you're doing the conversion, that's with the front four wheel regular off. sized bodies. 
It's way more I'm, than four. I'm bodies. curious. Do you do you name your cars after polka songs to kind of go with the you know the rock songs with the wheels or what? What's the car deal? <laughs> I don't They're know the name C10s. of any polka songs. <laughs> They're not C10s, Brad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Figured you everything get, got named anymore. I don't know. I was, and you can was, only refer to it by its name. Can't go blue truck. It's got to be, you know, eh, psoriasis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect name for a patina car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Project man. psoriasis. Yeah. That's awesome. Jeez. Somebody's got to run with that from the C10 crowd. Of course. <laughs> I hope so. But, but uh, don't forget the P on the front, man. It's like, <laughs> oh, you can't do that. <laughs> it's harder to fit on a plate. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, Seven digits? Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Sarisa escaping. Uh, done. <laughs> back to cars. Holy shit. Ten years ago, I got the uh, the Buick Skylark. That was a cool was car. A total. Yeah, yeah, it it was. It's really cool. It was a total bone stock cream puff that was sold like five miles from my front door, and the original owner lived half a mile from my front door. Jeez. And it still had the protective plate tags in the owner's manual when I got it. Those are so cool. And all they had done was uh, repaint it the factory super light metallic blue. Right. On. And it had uh, the white interior still in great shape. And they did it in that, uh, that nineties urethane base clear where the clear was just rock hard. And possible to ever once it. Yeah. But, uh, so it wasn't perfect, but it was really, really clean and really straight. And just the perfect candidate. And my whole thing was to just buy the cleanest starter I could afford. And it was by far the cleanest car around. And it was a Buick, so it was $10,000 less than a Chevelle. But it was a nicer car. People overlook those cars all the time, but they don't realize the entire grill and the entire taillight bezel and taillight panel and most of the dashboard are castings, not stampings and not plastic either. They're castings. They weigh like 40 pounds. Nuts. And the, the bumpers are tucked into the quarters and front fenders from the factory. There's all Damn. kinds of really cool things where you could tell GM spent way more money building this car. And the senior designers were working at Buick, you know, after they'd done 20 years at Chevrolet. And I'm a Chevy guy through and through, but... It's just, it's a neat car. And it wasn't a Chevelle, which made it unique. And so I started reaching out to all my friends in the business and uh, Hotchkiss and BF Goodrich and Bear Brakes all jumped on along with my good friends, uh, Chris Holstrom and Jared Hancock, who lent their mechanical ability to help me throw the thing together. And then I stumbled onto a incredible deal on an LS2 and got that put in the car with a six speed and the car just ripped. And it was super fun, super fast. It, we autocrossed it all the time and 
you know, went to Cars and Coffee and did the Good Guys show and Puyallup up all the time. And then I started thinking, you know, I drive this thing once a month and getting older, thinking about something a little more mellow and a uh, hot rodder from Eastern Washington that I know owns a Buick dealership. And he kind of loved the car and he appreciated the fact that it was a Buick instead of a Chevelle and he had deep pockets and we struck a deal and it went away two years ago. And then I went and got my childhood fantasy car, which might alienate some of the listeners. It's a uh, Porsche 928. Hell yes. Oh yeah. Wow. See, you're, you be, you were my hero before all that, and when you bought that car, we were talking on the phone, and I went, ah, oh, dude, I was like, ah, I just, I want to be Jason. <laughs> That's such a polarizing Porsche, too. People either really love them or they yeah. don't. And I don't get the yeah, ones that absolutely. don't love them, because I think that car is so cool. It is. It's so special and so cool and unique. They're just uh, super badass. And, Great style. Yeah. Yeah. And so timeless. And it was designed in the early 70s because they thought they would have to do away with the 911 altogether. And it, it still just looks cool. It's a great looking car. And that's yeah. a car that follows right with everything you preach. If you do. Yeah. The right wheels and the right stance on that car. It's everything. Dude. Although a tunnel ram poking out of the hood wouldn't hurt. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> I've, seen a, yeah. I've seen a few pro straight ones. Yeah. That, that's where the polarizing comes in for me. It's kind of like, eh. yeah. Can't a little it. too round in the back end to, to pull off the whole tubbed look. Yeah. Well, you fix that with a five foot wing, though. <laughs> we, we could have a some whole tube of... some tube bumpers pre-runner bars pre-runner bars there is a guy with kind of a semi-overlander safari 928 got the, the spare tire on the roof he toured like or he crossed Asia with it Jeez. literally yeah but no, it's it's a neat car, and they were seventy grand new in the late eighties, and you can pick them up all day long under ten grand. But they are starting to come up. But when you think about the pro touring cars, it already has all this, the aftermarket stuff on it from the factory. It's got coilovers, foil discs, ABS, EFI, overdrive, leather interior. You know, for the price of a busted out Chevelle. How do they ride and drive? Great. It, it was meant to be a grand tour, you know, to just hit the Autobahn all day at a buck fifty. And it drives awesome. It it has real tall gears for doing Autobahn speeds. So it's a little slow out of the hole, but when you get on the freeway and it gets opened up you can tell it just comes alive. It, it just drives awesome. All my friends that were kind of like, are you high? I let them <laughs> drive it. And I've literally had two friends just turn to me while driving it. and go, 
I get it. I get it now. Yeah. They're such cool cars, and uh Yeah. See, I know a guy who whose dad used to race Porsches for the factory, and he worked at a Porsche dealership in Toronto. And we were talking about the car just a couple of weeks ago, and there was another guy in, the, in on the conversation who didn't know anything about 928s, and he asked him, he goes, "Well, is it as nice a car as a 911?" And this guy with all this Porsche background turns to his friend who was in the conversation and goes, nicer. Like, yeah. Wow. The... Thanks. Yeah. Just the car. better car. Uh, cars God. with two different purposes the way, is the way I view them. I mean, I don't know. To me, they're yeah, truly. I, I, yeah. It's almost yeah, cars it's... you really can't compare. I just, and, you know, to be... I, I know you guys are into the whole Porsche thing, and that's just was never me. But you guys remember back in the in the early '80s, it was the guy that built the red 911 with the Crower injected big block in the back. Yeah, that oh, was God. my favorite Porsche. <laughs> I'm sorry, come on. <laughs> Had the injectors coming out of the back window. That thing was bad. <laughs> yeah, I heard he took a trip to Germany and he never returned. <laughs> so there Jason, a, uh, any interest in doing a podcast every week? <laughs> yeah. Bring it. I love podcasts. <laughs> we, we can just do a, a riff on a different subject each time. The round six, nine, two, eight podcast. We're in. Nine, two, eight. <laughs> no. Yeah, if, if we did the uh, hypothetical hot rod game with Porsches, yours oh. could be the uh, the Crower injected big block one, and I'd be the 928 or maybe a, maybe a Singer 911. Brian's would be the boxer. You know me. <laughs> you know me. Got down all the time. Me and a boxer heading out. Boxer is all you, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of months ago for my birthday, my wife got me uh, one of those deals where you go to the track and you dr get to drive an exotic car. And I was going oh, cool. there to go to drive a Lamborghini. And once I got there, I talked to one of the instructors, and he goes, no, that's the car you want to All drive. He's pointing at the yeah. at the GT3, and he goes, that's the car you want to yeah. drive. I tell you, it was the experience of my life. I get it now why Porsche people are so passionate about those cars. They are amazing. Yeah. That car will – you will run out of talent long before that car runs out of ability. Yeah, It's absolutely. unbelievable what those things can do. They are freaky. Yeah, yeah, that car's a weapon. Uh, yeah, that's about the best way to describe it. Yeah. The guys in Saudi that wanted to take us out in the desert, they had the GT2 RS, so the GT3 RS with twin turbos. Oh, jeez. So all, <laughs> all of the, the handling and the downforce and the tire footprint, but with 700 horsepower. <sighs> That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, he showed me. Uh, he showed me a, a photo of his his data logger in the car. It was after going out in the desert, and it read 350 kilometers an hour, oh. which is 217. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow is right. Don't stop. <laughs> Yeah. And like uh, I can't fathom awesome. like if you've done 140 miles an hour in a car, that that it, I I will say it that's scary. 
Yeah. You know, everything in you goes on complete red alert. I mean, I, I can't even begin to answer. Okay, to like now. Okay, now we're gonna do seventy more miles an hour. Yeah. Like, the speed I, limit on top of that. Like holy crap! Yeah. I. Oh, jeez, Louise. I mean, yeah, I want to do that at some point. Sure, I'd love, I'd love to go out to Bonneville, and I, I would love to pilot a three hundred mile an hour car. You know, Jared Hancock once it'd be and enough. I did one hundred and twenty at the Salt Flats in a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's somebody out there right now going, "I own that Chrysler Sebring." <laughs> yeah. It was a Chrysler three hundred. Oh, even, even better with, with Amy. Nice. Little five seven yeah. crank and oil like that on the on the salt. That's fantastic. Yeah, it had more. Yeah, there. That's a car that's really cool and fun. Like I miss my three hundred, but yeah, way once you start getting over hundred miles an hour in that car, I don't know what it is between that. I don't know if it's the aerodynamics of that car versus the Challenger. I mean, same basic chassis and everything. The 300 just starts to feel a little on the sketchy side. It felt fine, but I couldn't stop thinking about the, you know, umpteen thousand mile rental car, you know, 700 treadwear tires <laughs> having a blowout yeah. at 150 and me missing <laughs> my flight. <laughs> or when you went to rent it and you're like, I'm going to save money. I'm going to decline the uh, insurance. <laughs> no loss damage waiver for me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you brought up a point, though, with the tires. How many plugs are in each one of those tires from oh, coming geez. back with a nail? <laughs> how many uh, e-brake slides I, have those things been through? <laughs> the curbs if, uh, that they hit. If I had... <laughs> and that's it... probably the least abuse I, uh, I've done to a rental car when I was that age 10 years ago. Uh, we'll talk about I, my uh... rental car experiences. I think there's a statute of limitations. I'd really not press it. Yeah, we'll see. I we turned should... in a Mitsubishi in Phoenix that you had to shift manually, and it was automatic. <laughs> it was a victim of too many reverse firsties. Oh. <laughs> this is why, gentle listener, you don't buy what are called program cars. Oh, yeah, they're factory maintained. They're in great shape. Low miles. Okay. Okay. You're getting a car that hardly ever has... do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> There's cars at the GM test track that haven't seen that abuse. Yeah. <laughs> you get the engineers figuring out. We didn't know it could do that. Yeah. Call Hertz. <laughs> I learned the uh, fine art of a, a Rockford, a.k.a. a J-turn in a rental car. Nice. I wonder and how I many. Change direction in the same lane. Dude, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, how many stunt driving careers began behind the wheel of a rental car? <laughs> <laughs> you could wonder, or, it's like, or your parents' car. Oh, uh, I, I was, I tried to be as gentle as possible in my parents' cars. I, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I had that fear period, and that this is why, though, on the same token, none of my kids will ever drive one of my cars. Yeah, my parents didn't no. let me drive their cars. I was a maniac. Man, I but I was always gentle on my cars because my cars were held together by you know like one sheet metal screw, maybe a paper clip. Yeah, and a and a minimum wage job. That's right. 
you learn really quick how expensive tires are, you know, and, and, uh, that was the worst. I'm going to go do a burnout. And then you're sitting there driving around for three months on a tire that the belts are showing through. Yeah. And you just kind of hope maybe it'll snow. These will help dig in. But, um, jeez. So what's, okay, let's just real quick. What, God, we should probably tidy this one up. Um, what do you have a dream car or do you own your dream car already? Is that that nine to eight? I know is your childhood dream car. Is it your ultimate yeah, and fantasy ownership? Are we playing a hypothetical hot rod game here? Let's go. The, okay, the budget. Let, let's go. Forget the budget. Let's just say tomorrow uh, a company steps up. They want to buy your entire wheel line, your back catalog of every drawing you've ever made. You're going to be set for well. Let's okay. This is hypothetical and fantasy because we know how art works. Um, you can live off of this from now through the remainder of your life. What car do you go out? You can have just card blanche, man. You can have one fantasy car. And if you say the car from the Wraith, I'm going to hang this phone call up. And... <laughs> the... I, I don't even know. Oh. I don't know what that is. Oh, is that Chrysler that... concept car from... You just say no. You will never do that. that. You'll ask me a Chrysler concept car. (laughs) Wow. Hey. (laughs) All of Chrysler is a concept. Right? It's not a functional. Uh, It's a concept. I might have to go uh, Porsche Carrera GT or maybe Hmm. the 918. Or maybe a uh, Singer 911, but I'd I'd have to put a ducktail spoiler on it and do a set of one-off wheels for it. Very. Now, would you do an insert in the seats that matches your Sansa belt pants? Mm. Obviously. If you're going to do it, how great would that be? As a a 928 owner, the insert in the seats would have to be Pasha, that that, uh, psychedelic checkerboard pattern that they put in the insert of the 928 seats for a few years hell yes yeah it would absolutely have to be a pasha or plaid insert i would love to design i just want to start designing cars where you know like you do a cool insert in the seats and then people want to do you know like custom luggage with it maybe you do this set of because we got to use the word bespoke so if you're bespoke luggage but one of the pieces of luggage comes complete with a pair of pants and like a sport coat that match that insert. <laughs> oh, yeah. And some sh- floor shime shoes. Ooh, floor shimes are Tom McCann's. <laughs> Going off the rails. Good old set of hush puppies. You know how bad <laughs> that would be? Chuka boots. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing compliments a members only jacket like a pair of chuka boots. <laughs> it's not for this show. I'd never know how that was pronounced. Uh, I was going to say chuka, but it's like, I don't know if it's chuka, chuka. Oh, chuka. I see. More exotic. That's, oh, speaking of exotic, we've got to come up with a better animal to put on the, uh, the shirt. It can't be, you know. Something super exotic, like what is that baboon with the rainbow ass? You know, 
I know some guys uh, go for the alligator on the shirt. Me, I, I, I chose the, uh, the spotted baboon. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a good look. A rainbow ass. <laughs> oh, I, I, a rainbow I hope ass I haven't, pants. uh, I hope I haven't alienated the hot rod crowd with all the, uh, the Porsche talk, but yeah. they should know that the 928 is a front engine V8. So it, it yeah. is. Like a muscle is. car, and I do have to say kudos uh, for not doing an LS swap on that thing. Uh, there, there, it'd be, never say never. No, I know. As cool as it would be, um, although you know, a elephant would be a much better call. But because then there's so many great German jokes you could throw in with that. But um, plus, the the spark plugs are in the right place. See. I'm here to help you. Let's help, get this. Help me help you. Let's get this ironed out. I mean, yeah, with that transmission, you're going to need a much bigger tunnel in that car. No, it's, it's a, a uh, transaxle. They invented the transaxle 20 years before uh, Corvette did it. See, so oh, perfect okay. 50 50 weight balance. Now we're getting. Ooh. Okay, we're going to change that it's car a, a little 32 bit. 32 valve Porsche motor probably doesn't weigh much less than a. Uh, New Hemi. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Wow, 32 valves. Yow. If yeah, I a had money to throw to the wind, I'd get a uh, twin-turbo V8 Panamera motor and shoehorn oh. it in there. I love those cars, period. The, the wagon. The wagon is the one to have. Dude. And because was, Americans are too dumb to appreciate wagons, they, they make they a were, pan. They were leaving like wagon. Oh, yeah, they do. Whoa, I gotta see that. They were leaving like forty grand on the hood at dealerships because they couldn't sell them to Americans that didn't appreciate wagons. That's what I don't get. I, I yeah. must not be an American because I my love for wagons. Oh yeah. Oh, they're the best. It's an obsession and. My my kid, the first car, we were looking for, you know, we're going to do the El Camino. We're going to do all kinds of cool stuff. And all of a sudden, it's just like this little Volvo pops up. And I'm going, you need this C30, dude. It, it's a little two-door wagon. It's like the coolest shooting brake yeah. style car ever. Yeah. Oh, man. I just pulled up a picture of the wagon. That thing is <laughs> badass. I did the same thing. Right? Wow, that's Whoa. pretty cool. Coolest thing in the world, right? It, Dude, pretty good. Looking. And the uh, the turbo hybrid one does ten second quarter miles. Why don't you yeah. see these cars out? This is kind of a cool car. Why don't yeah. we? Uh, let's. Why don't we get one of those? Brad, we'll do this on your credit. Okay. Sure. We'll write it off to the podcast. We'll put a elephant in the Use back. The Disney money. Yeah. The, the, the Disney yeah. Money. Sure. <laughs> the Disney money. <laughs> now we're getting places. Now we're cooking. Yeah, all of all of our Disney money. Uh well, I we need to have you back because there's there's a lot more we need to Anytime. explore on. Peel the I, yeah, I would really like to continue. That sounds really weird, Jason. I'd like to continue <laughs> peeling your onion. <laughs> I'm out. I gotta go. I needed a pause there, so most people are listening to this can like vomit up whatever they're eating. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
work, work that sound effect into the edit. He's going to peel right. his onion. I'm out. I really thought listening to Brian's voice or his laugh were the worst parts of this thing. But then once you get into that whole weird deviancy thing, yeah, I, I didn't know he was vegan. But um, do they eat onions? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're vegan. I, I do. Yeah, I come back anytime. We can talk about uh, international relations, Porsches, the uh, hypothetical hot rod game. We, we need to do advice that. Advice on how to hire a designer. You and I, I we, dude, let's, okay, let's, let's make that a point. That would be, okay. years ago I had written an article about that and it could really use updating and I think it would really benefit, especially two of us having kind of a round table. Yeah. Would that be a round table? It's a cross table, perpendicular. Anyway, some kind of table. Square top ones. Yeah, square. Ooh. Wow, somewhere out there, all these C10 guys just perked up. Square talk? That's, that's going to be a podcast tomorrow. It's all right, bro. Welcome to Square Talk. <laughs> Today we're talking steelies and baby moon caps. Um, Making your LF look like an old engine. You guys know I love you truck people. <laughs> Keep on trucking. Yeah, they don't make many Fosmobile valve covers for LS engines anymore. Um, <laughs> got nothing. Let's do this though, man. And I can't thank you enough for, for taking time to come on here, though, man. You, yeah, of course. As I said, you were one of my inspirations beyond the fact the wind that beneath I had your a, wings. Yeah, you were. Oh, and, God, wow, that always comes up, man. You really were. Wow. Right. But uh, Thanks, yeah. man. No, that that means a ton. And I'm super stoked to be on the podcast. I love the show, and I, I listen to podcasts all the time from everybody. So I love being a guest on them. Well, thanks. So, yeah, I appreciate the invite and uh, the time. Maybe one day we'll, we'll – We'll grace the listeners with the unedited version of that where he says, I listen to a lot better podcasts all the time. That's right. That's for our Patreon. <laughs> Those two guys are just chomping at the bit going, all right, maybe there's going to be a good outtake this week. Yeah. Rushforth's going to use the F word again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you, though. Seriously, you, uh, again, man... One of those guys were coming up. I, I looked and I went, dude, you, you can do this. You could probably make a living I at this. I can do it. Anybody can. No, no, it wasn't like that, believe me. I, wasn't, <laughs> I, was, I just needed an excuse and some proof of concept out there where I could look at the, the relationship I was in at the time and say, see, somebody else can do this. And yeah, he doesn't even live in California. Right. <laughs> that was. That was the biggest barrier to entry before the internet. Jesus. Yeah. Not being there or going to art center. Those were the two that seemed to be. Yes. Yes. Did you attend art center? No. Uh, we're going with the guy who went to art center. Okay. Why? You don't have the right shade of blue marker. Oh, crap. Yeah. So. What'd you, what'd you blend that with? That's. You didn't even have pastels. That's why, that's why I invested heavily in uh, really light blue pixels at the time. I bought a whole bunch of those. It's starting to run out now. <laughs> it's hard to buy. Hard to ship. Fall out of the box. 
Uh, it's late. Who the hell knows? It's late. Right. All right, then. Delirious. But here we are. Uh, we're at the end of the episode. It's our moment of zen. Uh, you know, as usual at the end of our show, you know, you got to ask yourself, what is what is the sound of no hand clapping? Um, <laughs> dude, thanks for being on, man. And uh, how how can people Thank find you, you online? Where where do you? Or I should say, where do you like to be found online? Uh, what, where I like to be found, uh, rushforthwheels.com. And then, of course, uh, the Facebooks and the Instagrams. I'm, uh, I'm getting better at that. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can reach us to all those places anytime from around the world. And I will drop links to those in the show notes as well. Uh, and be sure, man, if you've Thanks. never seen Jay's stuff, please do. And, and check out the wheels, man. It's 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 eye-opening. If you're used to seeing the same old, same old, you're going to love this stuff. So by all means, man, make that a point. And, dude, let's uh, look at the schedule. We'll do this off-air so people don't have to listen to that, too. Beautiful. I'd love to. Awesome. Well, you, sir, you have Thanks, a uh, you have a great evening. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks man. Dude. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks again to to our guest, Jason Rushforth, for, for joining us here on episode 72. It was a great to have a, good to have a guy who, again, I look up to on the show, um, a great friend, and look for him to come back. We're going to do some really cool stuff with this. I think we'll take this in parts unknown and uncharted and what have you. Um. You know, and I don't think anybody's going to hold the Porsche thing against him. Maybe Brad to hold that against you with your, you know. No, no. Well, they hold everything against you, Brad. No, they don't. That's precious. That's <laughs> <laughs> and kind of sickening at the same time. Um, yeah, so that said, uh, hey, thanks for listening, as always. Um, and at the end of another episode, uh, I am really glad that we had Jason on. Well, I wish I had the money to rush forward and uh, get a Porsche station wagon. Hmm. I had to draw the line on my answer, but uh, it was a great podcast. Wow, well played. Well played, gentlemen. So, uh, yeah, that said, uh, as always, uh, big thanks to our, our key sponsor here at TrailerTug.com, the world's strongest trailer dolly. Uh, be sure to head on over there. Uh, when you place your order at TrailerTug.com or by phone, mention the Round 6 podcast, and they're going to slip you a really nice discount. Um, also, be sure to check out uh, the new show over on Amazon Prime Video, Stories in Steel. Uh, we're, to, we're two episodes deep right now. A third is on the way. If that, I'm not pushing you too far ahead of my bread. No, actually, two more are on the way. There'll be three and four on the way. Ooh, see, see, how, see how in tune I am? I get a producer credit, and I'm just like, yeah, we're doing this and this. That's right. No, it's, it's all good. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, for everybody who caught the first couple episodes. Uh, caught, it sounds like, sounds like you were exposed to something you shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> it, it, it rubs off with a salve. Yeah. But, uh, no, be, be sure to help spread the word, if you will. Um, 
And if you'd be kind enough when you're on there, after you watch it, rate that sucker, review it. It helps kind of build us up so other people find us and can enjoy the wonderful world of uh, of Brad talking to people. Squeeze um, and steal. There you are. Amazon Prime Video. Uh, check it out. Stream it all day long, 24 hours a day on everything you own. Uh, also, big thanks, as always, to our, our other great supporter uh, over at Hot Rod Central Louver Company. Uh, Chip uh, plying his his great craft every day, punching holes in sheet metal. Um, check those guys out. Head on over to them on uh, Facebook. Tell them you sent us. Say hi. Chip knows who we are, maybe. And, uh, yeah, all that. Oh, and uh, Brad, your favorite sponsor. Haberdasher, the haberdashery, yes. Mr. Haberdashery. CF Maidlaw Haberdasher, uh, keeping, well, whatever hair we have left looking good, and even some of our skin. So, uh, yeah, we got all that going on, and uh, by the way, check us out, uh, round6pod.com and the soon-to-come storiesandsteel.com. Thanks again to uh, to Jason. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to his work, his wares, and all the cool stuff that he's got going on. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right, guys. Thank you again for listening, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. If you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on YouTube.com. Big thanks once again to our sponsor, Trailer Tug. Please visit them at TrailerTug.com and learn more about the world's strongest trailer dolly. Our listeners receive 10% off their order when they use the discount code ROUND6 at checkout or when calling their order in 